Hi, good evening, everybody. It is 7 o'clock p.m. sharp Eastern Standard Time. Uh, my name is Andre Anderson. I am host and founder of BSTL. Uh, what does BSTL stand for? It stands for Building Something That Lasts. So I hope you're keeping well. Uh, it is the holiday season. Um, there's a lot happening uh, around the world, uh, lots of caroling and singing. And I hope um, while the world is slowing down a, a little bit and taking some time out uh, to just kind of reflect on what the year has been um, like, I hope that as leaders, you're also going to spend some time just pausing for a bit before the mad rush that comes uh, with a brand new year. Um, so, of course, if you haven't liked, subscribed, or shared uh, this podcast, please do so now. Um, we are really beginning to have a lot of momentum uh, that is building, and I just want to say thank you for your consistent um, support of this podcast. I really do appreciate it. So I want to jump right into our next conversation. Uh, this one is called Preaching to the Choir. Um, yeah, I've entitled it Preaching to the Choir, and you've heard this one before. Um, those of us that lead, you, you, you know that there are times where you kind of have to have this um, difficult conversation that you don't want to have. And if I'm to be honest, because I really want to jump all the way in so that we spend a, a, a lot of time maybe just um, unpacking um, this topic, you know, the reality is uh, this idea around preaching to the choir basically suggests that you've got this blazing, glaring um, elephant that is in the room. You've got some challenges that you have been trying to overcome or deal with in a nice, polite, uh, political, um, politically correct type way. Um, but nothing seems to be working so far. And so then, um, as a result of that, for some of us as leaders that are non-confrontational, and by the way, if you are a leader that is non-confrontational, um, I hope that the, the Lord will deliver you sooner than later. There is no way um, to avoid conflict. Conflict is one of those things that you just have no, um, there is no way then to deal with some of the stuff. And as I've said in previous podcasts um, before, when you don't deal with the elephant in the room, that elephant gets bigger and bigger. And before you know it, there is absolutely no space for you in that room um, because you've allowed the elephant to linger there for way too long. So what ends up happening is, is that you've got to deal with something, something that is sensitive, something that's important. Uh, something that is impacting the culture, the harmony, the, the the morale in the room, and you don't necessarily want to have to deal with it. So what are you supposed to do? Well, um, for a lot of us as leaders, and let me just say this, I have been um, historically guilty as charged. I've done it um, before. I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more comfortable with having uh, the one-on-one -on -one conversations or the, 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 the smaller conversations with smaller groups of people. Um, but it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy to be able to um, identify, you know, the people that may be impacting things. And sometimes, by the way, it, it could also be you. Um, you are part of the problem as leaders sometimes. But the reality is, is that we often in these moments, especially when we are non-confrontational, as leaders, we have this thing that we do. And I think that um, because we watch people do it um, so frequently, um, we've identified the fact that if there is an issue that's happening, whether it's between you and one other person or a group of people or the entire department, the entire business, we'll have this conversation, you know? 
And um, this conversation is interesting because we now pull people together, right? Whether it's on Zoom, uh, whether you're in a hybrid situation, whether it's on an email. I mean, there are various ways to have a meeting, whether it's formal or informal. So what we do then is we put a bunch of people into the room and we begin to have this conversation. And in this conversation, we are unloading on many different individuals. And by the way, when I say unloading, it doesn't even mean uh, that your voice is raised. It doesn't mean that it's a shouting match. It doesn't even mean that it's a disrespectful um, type conversation. But what it does mean is, is that you've now got um, the attention of an entire department, an entire floor of individuals, because you've got to talk to one, two, five, ten uh, different uh, individuals about a thing that is, it's already impacting the organization and perhaps even the team within the dynamics. So here's what we do, and I'm, I'm saying in this conversation, I don't think it's a good thing. We now have a an entire conversation with a bunch of individuals about something that they're not doing um, because we don't want to talk to uh, the individuals that may be responsible for that particular behavior. So now it's been 30, 45 minutes. You're now fielding questions from left um, to right and you're answering and trying to wax all eloquent. And the truth is you're, you're in the room um, and maybe you're not even making the eye contact with those that you really want to be in the room, um, but they're there and you're there and you're having this dialogue. But the truth is you are reprimanding and perhaps damaging uh, the relationship with those that have nothing to do with what the conversation is, have, um, is about. Um, because you're talking to everyone when you really mean I'm talking to the five or six of you. And maybe part of this conversation is that as leaders, I think we have to do better. Um, because here's what happens. I think that you lose um, some of your edge, um, some of your credibility, um, some of the, the, the respect level of your team members when you don't flat out come out and say something uh, to individuals that are impacting what it is that you're trying to do as you lead. Um, because remember, when you have identified that there's a problem or there's something that isn't happening so well, uh, the individuals that are a part of the team that may not be a part of the leadership team, they were aware of what those challenges were a long time ago, even before you even identified um, that there's something that you're trying to deal with. So my argument would be, if you know that you've got a problem, a situation that's happening within your team, why not do something about it and why hide um, before behind um, other team members instead of just getting out in front of this thing? Now, the reason why I'm saying this is, is that you already have some individuals that are on your team that have been high performers for quite some time. Like, you never have to talk to them. They always hit their benchmarks. As a matter of fact, they do well whether or not they have the appropriate uh, training or not because they are self-starts. They are autonomous, uh, meaning that you don't have to babysit those individuals. And so why should they have to sit through another meeting um, because you want to talk to Andre about something, but you don't have the courage to do it, um, so you're hiding behind the group dynamics? And I don't know how you feel about this. Um, and again, you're allowed to disagree with me. I'm, I'm only sharing my thoughts 
um, based on some of the things that I've been reading, um, based on some of my own experiences as a leader, I, I don't think that it's good that we use the choir, and the choir is the metaphor for those who are doing what they're supposed to be doing. I don't think that we should be um, forcing them or hiding behind them when we want to have uh, difficult conversations with individuals that are doing things that are going to impact in a negative way the overall organization. I, I just think that we have to move um, beyond that. And so here's the thing, you're going to have to overcome being liked, right? And I think part of um, this conversation that we're having today is connected to that. Because I say to myself, well, if you're a leader, if you're managing, if you're a vice president, whatever your title may be, and you have five individuals who are impacting what's happening for the other 25, 30, 50, 100 people, why not deal with the five as soon as you can? Um, because I think it's, it's like um, an unchecked uh, disease. Uh, the longer it sits there is the more it begins to impact other individuals who were fine before, but now that they have identified the fact that, you know, I can do whatever I want to and nobody's going to check me because they don't have the courage to, you're now beginning to impact those who are well. And when I say those who are well, they never had any issues with the organization. They never had issues um, with the month-end reports. Like, you didn't have an issue with them coming on time or leaving on time or their level of productivity. It was a non-issue until some of these individuals who thrive in toxic, um, toxic environments began to really sink their teeth into others. And here's what you, you're going to have to decide, right? And this is what we all have to decide. What are you going to do? Are you going to avoid it, um, thus causing more harm? Or are you going to deal with it and uh, maybe fix um, or restore some of what's been broken or, or, or whatever it may be, are you going to fix it so that you don't have to have or deal with a bigger problem a little bit later on down the road? And so I know somebody's probably like, well, okay, Andre, I hear you, right? There's an issue that's there. I am an avoider. What do I do? Well, this is where um, leading together as a team um, really becomes something that you ought to think about, right? So Part of what happens is, is that at times as leaders, we feel as though we're supposed to have all of the answers, right? Like everybody should be listening to us because we know everything. And the truth is we don't know everything, right? So when you're now um, having an issue that has to be dealt with and you don't want to or you don't know how to, I'm hoping that you have fostered enough relationships with various individuals that work with you and for you so that you can pull somebody off to the side. And we're not talking about being messy, right? So we're not going to go in the corner and say, you know, Andre is so toxic. Um, we can't work with him. What should we do? No, we want to have a generalization, right? We want to go into a corner, not because we're trying to stir the pot, um, but no, we're going into the corner to have a conversation because ultimately what we're looking for is the wisdom of others who may have a different angle of what's happening or a different purview of what's happening that you don't. So when you now pull somebody off to the side that maybe even may even be a part of the leadership team or they are on the team and they are a direct report to you, one of the things that I've discovered is they may have some insight as to what is happening 
and why it's happening. Like I've worked in some places where some of the individuals that were doing the mess, they were just tired. They wanted um, new challenges. And because you have not as a leader identified the fact that, you know, this individual has some additional skill sets and you need to now find some other things for them to to do to remain motivated and and be productive in what they're doing, that other person may have had lunches with them or been in the coffee room when they're talking about their level of boredom and, and how disconnected they are becoming um, to the organization because they're no longer being challenged. Yeah, you've got to talk to some other people because they know some of the individuals that you have challenges with on a level on a level that you don't have because you're not necessarily mixing and mingling with them because maybe you're too busy. And of course, I also do make some assumptions that you have tried um, to make some efforts to um, be connected with your team and know what it is that's happening. And you know, even when you know what's happening, if there is some behavior um, that is not the best based on what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you also can't excuse people's behavior just because of what they're going through, right? So whether they're bored or they've got some personal challenges that are happening, um, respectfully and with compassion, I might say, you still have to hold them accountable because you're also now creating an environment that says that whenever I am not at my optimal best or whenever it is that I'm going through something, I have the ability to come to work and unload and disrupt others. That's not the kind of space that you want to be in. So yeah, you've got to ask some other people. You've got to ask them and see, you know, what is it that's happening to those individuals? But then you've also got to um, lean on other team leaders, right? Others that are your equivalent or maybe even those that are reporting to you. You've got to lean on them and say, what can I do uh, to do this thing better? And there's no um, loss in doing it that way. Let me just say that for the record. And I know um, that for some leaders, especially when your ego is a little bit fragile, you don't want to ask for help because now people know that you're not the stoic giant that they perceive you as being based on all of these month-end and quarterly um, meetings. They'll now know that you're kind of shaking in your boots. And my thing is, who cares? So what if they know that you're shaking in your boots? So what if they know that this is probably the, the, the kink in your armor that they've never identified before. Like, who really cares? Like, at the end of the day, long-term, when you demonstrate a certain uh, level of transparency and you share with individuals that, look, I've got a challenge, right? Like, the choir is doing fine. I've got a problem with the soloist and the duet and the quartet, and I'm not really 100% sure on what it is that I can do, by coming off of the mountain and coming down out of the seat of judgment and, and being on, on a level with everybody else, those that you ask for help um, towards, they will have a certain measure of respect for you um, that they may not have had for you before because of the persona and this thing that you kind of push out. And maybe I'll even say this. Here's what may also happen as you're trying to deal with this elephant in the room, as you're trying to preach to the choir and hide behind um, some other things. What you may also identify is that part of the reason why you're having this challenge is it's in response to something that you are doing, right? So let me tell you, one of the things, and, and, and no, I'm not saying that I do it um, perfectly all the time. Sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't 
is one of the things I've always tried to do is to create an environment where people understand that you can come and talk to me about anything and everything, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with you. And because you've kind of um, set the um, parameter and the boundaries around that, um, I have found that, that sometimes there are individuals who are quiet. They will never say anything out loud. They will never speak up publicly, but they'll say, hey, Andre, I, I don't know if you knew this or not, or did you know that you did this the other day? And because you did this the other day, this is the impact on a decision that you made, right? And the reality is, okay, all right, now I know. Um, this meeting that I'm now calling, perhaps to uh, speak to the choir, because really the issue or the challenge is um, with a group or a smaller group of individuals, uh, the, the challenge is you. <laughs> and and I, I, I just need to say this out loud because it, it can be you um, and it, it will be you. Um, and I know that we don't talk about this maybe enough. Um, but there are also different seasons where, as leaders, we too are going through our own stuff, our own challenges, and things that we would have been more um, diligent to do or more patient to deal with. We're all over the place because you've got your own stuff um, that you may be dealing with and going through all at the same time. And so if you have this kind of ecosystem, and we've talked about this before, if you've got an ecosystem around you that is supporting you and individuals that care about you and love you enough that they don't want you to fail, those have to be the first individuals that you go and speak to and speak with every single time before you start wasting other people's time. You've got to go to them and see what it is what do they have to say? What is the barometer of what's happening in the environment that you may not be aware of? And let me just say this. You don't have to know everything, leaders, right? Um, and, and there are some who pride themselves on saying that they know every little thing that's happening with every person's life. Well, I think that if you know everything and you are um, aware of all challenges that are happening in every space, more than likely you're not necessarily doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you may be dealing with some of this conflict, but then you've got some other things that those that you are accountable to are going to be identifying that you're not getting those things done because you're so focused on the micro le level of leadership that you're not dealing with the macro level of what is required for you to continue to thrive and to do well. And here's the other thing too, um, and I need to say this, and I know that in a previous podcast I talked about taking the shot, um, and, and, and part of that is connected to this conversation. When you have to consistently speak to the choir because there are some individuals who have taken the team hostage, there will be a time at some point, even if they are high productive people, that you may just have to let them go. And when I say let them go, let me just also say this, because how we deal with conflict and some of these challenges as we're preaching to the choir is important, right? So yes, there are some individuals that have to go, but you're not going to find creative ways to walk them out of the building. Because remember, how you deal with challenges will always put the eyesight or, or, or the bright light on you. So if you don't have the courage to stand up and speak to some of the situations 
um, that are happening around you and you're just going to find a way to one day have somebody walked out and you've never really spoken to them but you've been piling their files up with all of these different petty things because you needed uh, to, to create a, a, a paper trail so that you could validate the fact that you're doing something that you've wanted to do for quite some time but didn't have the courage to say um, anything, I don't think that that's the way either. Because those that are left behind will understand that you're not forthright and you're not upfront in how you do things and you are also a leader who's not moving with integrity because you're you're using your positional power and your authority to, to get rid of individuals without giving them an opportunity to change. But you also have to have the courage if you decide to move from uh, beyond preaching to the choir to going back to some of these one-on-one -on -one critical conversations you're gonna have to get to a point where you're gonna have to say it nicely here's what the issues are and i know um when we spoke last week with alethea about her style of leadership and she's great at it by the way you should take a listen to um her podcast that we did uh last week um but the reality is is that some of your most toxic individuals that are working within your organization, they are high production people, like they are doing well. Like every month they are surpassing um, all expectations. They are doing like really well and having them on your team is really helping you to look good, but that's only one part of the number, right? That's only one part of the number. The other side of the number is, is that even though they may be top three, within the department, they may be the most productive individuals, they may be doing things that other people are, that are not doing, but there's a negativity, there's a poison that they are also injecting into the environment, and that is also important, and let me just say this out loud, I would rather um, partner with individuals who are a little bit slower, um, who are building over a period of time and developing momentum, I would rather work with those individuals that bring unity and peace and consistency and positive mor morale to the department than somebody who outshines everyone, but they're destroying everything that they touch. So really what I'm saying to you is, is that at some point as leaders, you're going to have to move away from your own personal comfort to holding people accountable so that you're not demoralizing or drawing uh, the energy from individuals who are already doing well because you don't have the courage to speak to individuals who are being impacted by this elephant in the room that nobody wants to touch. But then also you have to look around, and this is my final thing on this conversation. You've got to ask yourself, how did this happen? Where did this start? Can I identify the spaces within the organization that breeds this type of environment where toxicity is okay as long as you're performing well? And this is why, um, you know, and I don't know how um, organizations do this without um, having a mission, vision, and core values, right? And of course, 
um, by now we should know um, because we've talked about it several times. Your core values are the attitudes and behaviors that have to be embraced by those that work within the organization to create an environment where the mission will ultimately lead us to the vision that we hope to see. And let me just say this, like off the top, and no, we're not going to talk about hiring practices today. We don't have enough time for that. Um, but I do want to say it because we're right here in the conversation. This is why your HR team and those that are responsible for hiring and firing people are just as important as the people that are on the floor. Because they've got to, in one or two or three interviews, they've got to identify individuals that are going to reinforce core values that are ultimately going to make this um, space that, that you're working in the best place that anybody would want to be a part of. You know, um, the other day I went to Chick-fil-A um, uh, out here in Toronto, um, and I was sitting down in the dining room with a couple of friends of mine, and as we were sitting there, um, there were several individuals that were kind of working the floor, right? So we'd already ordered our food. We were sitting there. We were there to have a business meeting. And we were there maybe for about two and a half to three hours, um, something like that. Um, but the bottom line is every single person that came to us, um, once our food was finished and cleared off the table, we had drinks, um, non-alcoholic drinks, by the way. So don't judge me. It was just some lemonade and some other thing. It was a nice blend. But anyways, the longer we sat there, there were just about three or four employees and they all came and they all were polite and they all asked basically the same questions. And really that didn't happen um, by accident. Clearly somewhere up the food chain in the Chick-fil-A organization, there's somebody there that's saying, if you're going to work with us, this is what you have to be embodied. You have to embody in the process. You've got to be kind. You've got to be polite. You've got to be consistent. You've got to say the messaging has to be similar. Even if you kind of say it in a nuanced way, this is what we stand for. And when I looked around at other um, customers, patrons that were in that space, I thought to myself, Chick-fil-A um, is going to do well for a long time because if this is how they deal with every single customer, and I'm sure people may have a one uh, an off day or whatever, that's okay, you're allowed to have that, but consistently delivering positivity and, 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 and goals and values, if that is the environment that you are creating through your hiring practices, then the reality is is that after a while you won't have to be preaching to the choir because the choir then will hold other individuals accountable so that you don't always have to call the meetings because they will say, I don't like what you're doing. Um, you may not like your leader, but when you are doing what you are doing to the leader, you are impacting the overall organizational health and how we also experience the day through your behavior. Again, you're allowed to disagree with me. Um, and again, if you want to have this conversation in a broader setting, don't forget to email me at bstlinc21 at gmail.com. And if you haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe and share. Because really what I'm saying is we've got to stop preaching to the choir's leaders. 
Every time we do that, we are demoralizing those individuals who wake up every day and choose to do the right thing despite what they're going through or whatever it is that they've been through. And I want us to be the kinds of leaders that nip things in the bud in love early so that we don't have to cut the cancers out later on down the road because we've dealt with it at an early enough stage so that we can do something. Because here's the thing, the adage of one bad apple um, spoils the bunch, it's true. The longer you let something rot is the greater the impact on those who may have been healthy before, but now they've got an issue because we're not dealing with it as a leader. Thanks for listening in. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Again, um, this is a space where we're, we're having all kinds of conversations. And when you're building something that lasts, sometimes you've got to tear some things down and then you've got to put some other things back up. But the blueprint, that's the thing that helps us to trust the process. Take care until next time. My name is Andre. God bless.